Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. Let's look at Deuteronomy 23, verses 1 through 8. I'm also going to read John 3:16 and Romans 10:13. Deuteronomy 23, 1 through 8, as well as John 3:16 and Romans 10:13. Now I got to warn y'all. I am going to read from the New Living Translation of the Scriptures. I am going to read from the New Living Translation of the Word of God. I am not going to be reading from the David Anthony Clark Break It Down version or anything like that. When you hear me read Deuteronomy 23, 1 through 8, John 3, 16, and Romans 10, 13, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation of the Word of God. Deuteronomy 23. One through eight. Amen. Amen. Here's what we find. Not in the David Anthony Clark. Let me break it down. Let me put it where you can reach it. My own words. My own language version. But this is the New Living Translation. And I'm reading this translation. So everybody will know what we're talking about. Everybody going to know what we're talking about. Here's what we find. The New Living Translation of the Scriptures. Deuteronomy 23 starting at verse 1. If a man's testicles are crushed or his penis is cut off, he may not be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. If a person is illegitimate by birth, neither he nor his descendants for ten generations may be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. No Ammonite or Moabite or any of their descendants for ten generations may be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. These nations did not welcome you with food and water when you came out of Egypt. Instead, they hired Balaam, son of Beor, from Pethor, in distant Aramanarium, to curse you. But the Lord your God refused to listen to Balaam. He turned the intended curse into a blessing because the Lord your God loves you. As long as you live, you must never promote the welfare and prosperity of the Ammonites or Moabites. Do not detest the Edomites or the Egyptians because the Edomites are your relatives and you lived as foreigners among the Egyptians. The third generation of Edomites and Egyptians may enter the assembly of the Lord. John 3.16 simply says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 10.13 simply says, For whoever, whosoever shall call, upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. I want to talk today from the thought, you can't come in. You can't come in. You can't come in. There's a story that I'm sure all of us may have heard at least once, at least one version of it. There's several versions of the story of the three little pigs out. Three pigs, brothers in some versions of the story, assembled in a house of straw. 
A wolf shows up, warning in. The pigs feel threatened. They assume they know his motives. They're convinced they know his nature. He doesn't look like them. He doesn't make the sound or speak the same language as them. He could never become one of them, even if he tried. They don't eat the same food. In fact, the wolf probably wants them for dinner. The pigs respond, not by the hairs of my chinny-chin-chin. The wolf blows the house down with protests and a lawsuit. The house falls down and the pigs run for their lives. One version says the pigs run to another house made of sticks. The wolf again wants in. The pigs ain't having it. They feel threatened by the wolf. He blows the house down with protests, lawsuits. The pigs move to a house of bricks. Again, the wolf wants in, not by the hairs of their chinny-chin-chin. He protests, sues all the way up to the Supreme Court, gives them bad reviews on Yelp, launches an online petition to have them removed from the neighborhood, kicked out of business, starts a social media firestorm on various platforms, and still isn't allowed in. So he decides he'll work around them and enter in through the chimney. They have a pot of boiling water in the fireplace waiting on him. He can't win. He'll never get with the pigs. He'll never get in, and the pigs are happy with how things have turned out. There, are, there were some who were to be excluded from the assembly of the Lord. Persons from other nations or with certain issues are not forbidden uh, to live, are, are forbidden to live, not forbidden to live as a resident in Canaan, but they're not allowed inclusion into the assembly of the Lord. In other words, the covenant fellowship of Israel. The assembly of the Lord is those persons who comprise those who observe the religion of God, participating in religious rites in people's homes and, and later on at the tabernacle. The assembly of the Lord are the ones who, who would keep the Sabbath observe the feasts, celebrations, benefit from religious privileges, and enjoy participation in the spiritual Israel. These people, as they were told in Exodus 19 and 6, was a kingdom of priests. They are a holy nation. They're set apart by God as his special possession. Nearly everyone in the assembly of the Lord are born into it. They're born into it by virtue of being descendants of Abraham. Yet the door is open to those of other nations to adopt their religion and worship their God. But there are some exceptions. There are some exceptions as to who may be accepted into their fellowship. And our text provides four exceptions. Eunuchs were excluded from the assembly of the Lord. Verse 1 says, if a man's testicles are crushed or his penis is cut off, he may not be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. These may have been men emasculated in the past as an act of dedication to foreign gods or those who held official positions under foreign governments. Men may have also had their genitals removed or disfigured as some, as some other act of worship to a foreign god. It is not clear exactly why eunuchs were excluded from the assembly of the Lord, but we have this in Leviticus 21, 16 to 24. Then the Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to Aaron. In all future generations, none of your descendants who has any defect will qualify to offer food to his God. This is basically qualifications for those who would be priests. 
Verse 18, Leviticus 21, no one who has a defect qualifies, whether he is blind, lame, disfigured, deformed, or has a broken foot or arm, or is hunchback or dwarfed, has a defective eye or skin sores or scabs, or damaged testicles. No descendant of Aaron who has a defect may approach the altar to present special gifts to the Lord. Since he has a defect, he may not approach the altar to offer food to his God. And it goes on and basically lines out criteria for those who would be priests along the, uh, the, 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 those descendants of Aaron. But from reading the scripture at surface value, we can easily get the impression that God wanted absolutely nothing to do with eunuchs. However, upon further investigation, y'all, we see there may have been some exceptions. In Isaiah chapter 56, verses 3 to 5, Isaiah 56 and 3 says, Don't let foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord say, The Lord will never let me be part of his people. And don't let the eunuchs say, I'm a dried up tree with no children and no future. For this is what the Lord says, I will bless those eunuchs who keep my Sabbath days holy and who choose to do what pleases me and commit their lives to me. I will give them within the walls of my house a memorial and a name far greater than sons and daughters could give. For the name I give them is an everlasting one. It will never disappear. Children of illegitimate birth were excluded from the assembly of the Lord. I'm in verse 2. If a person is illegitimate by birth, neither he nor his descendants for ten generations may be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. This may refer to children born of a cult prostitute or as a result of an adulterous or incestuous relationship. They were to be banned, y'all, as the scriptures say, for ten generations. When the Bible was saying for ten generations, it was basically saying forever. Forever. They were to be banned forever. They were to never be allowed entrance into the assembly of the Lord. This may seem kind of strange that God would exclude, exclude children of a certain shameful birth from admittance into a covenant relationship with him. But let, re, let me remind you that this same God came to us through the womb of an unwed teenage virgin girl. Of all the women on earth, of all the married women on earth. God chose to come to us as a savior conceived in the womb of an unwed teenage virgin girl and was born in a manger in Bethlehem. And because of him, because of Jesus, it doesn't matter how you were born because you can be born again. It doesn't matter who your mama was, you can be born again. Jesus said in John 3 and 3, unless one is born again, unless one is born from above, he or she cannot see the kingdom of God. You must be born again. It doesn't matter how you were born the first time. A new birth in Jesus Christ awaits you. It doesn't matter if your mama was a prostitute, addicted to drugs, in prison when you were born. It doesn't matter if you're the result of rape, incest, or an adulterous affair. God will grant you a new birth. And a new birth that everyone must have in order to come into his kingdom. Then y'all Ammonites and Moabites were excluded from the assembly of the Lord. Verses 3 to 6 of Deuteronomy chapter 23 teaches us that no Ammonite or Moabite or any of their descendants for 10 generations may be admitted into the assembly of the Lord. These nations did not welcome you with food and water when you came out of Egypt. Instead, they hired Balaam, son of Beor, from Pethor, in distant Aram, Naram, to curse you. 
But the Lord, your God, refused to listen to Balaam. He turned, y'all, he turned the intended course, intended curse into a blessing because the Lord, your God, loves you. As long as you live, you must never promote the welfare and prosperity of the Ammonites or Moabites. Ammonites and Moabites were excluded again until the 10th generation, or in other words, forever. They, they were banned permanently because they were hostile toward the Lord's people and refused hospitality to Israel during their exodus from Egypt. They, they went so far as to try to have Israel cursed, but God commanded a blessing instead. And isn't it just like God? When somebody called themselves trying to curse you, trying to put some voodoo on you, trying to throw some hoodoo on you, God can take what, what their, little, their little play play curse. God can take their powerless curse. God can take their, their futile curse and command a blessing on your life. And I think that's why some of y'all are blessed today. Not, not, not just because God wanted to bless you, but because God saw somebody trying to harm you. God saw somebody trying to curse you. God saw somebody trying to bring you down. And God said, no, I'm going to make sure that I lift them up. And God now forbids the Ammonites and Moabites to ever assimilate into the assembly of the Lord. All because of how the Ammonites and Moabites treated Israel in the past. That's hard to believe, isn't it? That God would exclude these nations from admittance into the assembly of the Lord because of what they had done in the past. Hard to believe that God would go so far as to declare they are excluded from the assembly down to the 10th generation or in other words forever. Because of how they treated God's people in the past. That our merciful, gracious, compassionate, heavenly father would hold the past against the Ammonites and Moabites forever doesn't even sound like God. Doesn't even sound like the God who is rich in mercy and will save by his grace. Grace suggests God gives salvation as a gift you, because you cannot earn it. Grace, grace suggests your past cannot prevent you from receiving salvation for your future in the present. Grace suggests it doesn't matter how you may have lived, you can receive God's gift of salvation. Yet the Ammonites and Moabites are told they can't come into the assembly of the Lord. Forever. But we see an exception. We see an exception in scripture with Ruth the Moabitess. In fact, when you read the book that bears her name, she's constantly referred to as Ruth the Moabitess. Ruth, the one who ain't one of us. Ruth, the one who's not from our community. Ruth, y'all know who she is. She's a Moabitess. Not, not Ruth who works over at the, at, at the Walmart. Not, not Ruth who stays over at the bottom of the hill. Ruth the Moabitess. But Ruth was the daughter-in-law of Naomi along with Orpah. When Ruth and Orpah's husbands died, the boy's mom, Naomi, told Ruth and Orpah to stay in Moab while she returned to Bethlehem. Orpah stayed in Moab, but Ruth stuck with Naomi. Here's how the conversation went. I'm in Ruth, I'm in Ruth uh, chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. And watch this, y'all. Your God will be my God. 
Ruth went on to marry Ruth the Moabitess, went on to marry Boaz, and they had a son named Obed. Y'all know who Obed is. Obed had a son named Jesse. Y'all know who Jesse is. Jesse had, a, had several sons. One of them was named David. Y'all know who David is? The one who killed Goliath. The one who became king over all Israel. The one who would be a, an, an ancestor of Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, the same Jesus who went to Calvary for your sins and mine. One of his ancestors was a Moabitess named Ruth. Our Heavenly Father did not totally exclude any and all Ammonites and Moabites without exception. So praise God for exceptions. Then another group. Another group that, that Moses brings to attention, he says in verses 7 and 8 of Deuteronomy 23, Edomites and Egyptians were not to be detested by the assembly of the Lord. Uh, verse 7 says, do not detest, do not, do not loathe, watch this, those of you who were, who were here last week, do not consider an abomination, the Edomites or the Egyptians. Because the Ed Edomites are your rel their relatives and, and, and you lived as foreigners among the Egyptians. The third generation of Edomites and Egyptians, their great grandkids may enter the assembly of the Lord. Edomites were Israel's cousins and were not to be detested. The Edomites were not to be considered an abomination. They were not to be loathed and excluded along, as well as the Egyptians. The Egyptians were not to be detested because Israel had lived as aliens in that country. Although the Egyptians became very hostile and abusive towards Israel, Israel made their way to Egypt during a famine and found refuge there. God hasn't forgotten and has made allowance for Egyptians and Edomites to enter the assembly of the Lord after the third generation of those who are now alive. This would mean that the great-grandchildren of those who are now having babies can eventually become a part of the covenant people of God. Until then... They can't come in. The basis for these exclusions is not always clear. Again, y'all, praise God for exceptions. We don't know exactly why eunuchs or illegitimate children cannot come into the assembly of the Lord. We're told why the Ammonites and the Moabites were to never be allowed entrance. It's due to their past. God made allowance for the third generation of the Edomites and Egyptians, but we really don't know why those who are not allowed entrance are forbidden. But the question should be asked, would those excluded want to come in anyway? Would those who were forbidden entrance into the assembly of the Lord even want to be a part of God's holy people? The reason I ask is because there are some people who don't want to fool with God's holy people today. More and more people are becoming religiously unaffiliated in America, they are referred to, I've told y'all this in the past, they are referred to as the nuns. Not N-U-N-S with the, the black habits, and, but N-O-N-E-S. When it comes to religious affiliation of any sort, they have none. No religious affiliation. Do, do you know why nuns choose not to identify with any religion? Around 60% question the legitimacy of religious teachings. 49% disagree with positions taken by churches on social and political issues. 41% simply dislike religious organizations. 37% don't even believe in God at all. 36% uh, consider religion irrelevant to them. And then 34% dislike religious leaders. 
if the doors to the assembly of the Lord were wide open to eunuchs, all children, Ammonites and Moabites, would they want to fool with God's holy people? There are some folks who don't want to fool with the Lord's church. It's almost like some people, it's almost like as if some of y'all, and I know there may be some exceptions, but it, may, it, it, it would be as if some of y'all uh, had somebody knock on your door and you answer the door and they say, we're, we're from the Country Music Lovers Association. And we come to tell you that you can never be a part of the Country Music Lovers Association and therefore you cannot listen to or purchase country music. You cannot be a member of our Facebook page. You can never watch the Country Music Awards. Now, some of y'all probably would be in your feelings about that, but I think most of y'all would be like, first of all, I don't even like country music. I don't even listen to country music. I have no interest in country music. I ain't studying country music. And that's how some people feel about the church. I ain't studying the church. I don't like the church. I don't want anything to do with the church. So if you tell me I can't come, First of all, one think about coming in the first place. But on the other hand, on the other hand, if the United States said no one from Mexico or Honduras or Guatemala or El Salvador can come into our country for 10 generations, that would be different. People from these countries face so much poverty and violence and they look at us in America and say, y'all have everything. America is seen as having plenty of everything, plenty food, plenty opportunities for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. To permanently shut our doors makes those who are desperate for a better life determined to huff and puff and climb the wall Mexico never paid for so they can get in. The assembly of the Lord should be like that. Outsiders should look at God's holy people and say, Y'all have everything. You get healed when you get sick. You get food on your tables, clothes on your backs, ways made out of no way, doors open no man can shut, minds regulated, broken hearts fixed, and y'all get along so well. You never gossip and lie on each other. You don't hold on to bitterness or grudges. You don't sexually abuse anyone. Your marriages are the best on the planet. Your families are healthy and get along so well. Y'all are the greatest supervisors to ever work for. Best employees to have on the payroll. You're the most honest people you could ever meet. Very kind people. Your children are the most respectful of all you, uh, 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 all y'all, all y'all are so joyful, whether you're in church or out in public. You're overwhelmingly generous, humble, compassionate, kind, and overall great people. Who wouldn't want to be a part of the assembly of the Lord? Y'all let us in. But despite all the flaws with us, with us in the Lord's church, some folks really do want to be a part of us. There are some people outside the church who, who want in and want to be treated like they're welcome amongst us. Despite our shortcomings, y'all, there are some on the outside of church who are hurting because they're not welcome in their own families. They're outsiders at school. They're outsiders at work. And they're not welcome in the church. Some people become so desperate they fall for whoever makes them feel welcome or even special. 
whether it's gangs, pimps, terrorists, or other groups we don't want them to fool with, they hook up with them because they're welcomed with open arms. Their emotional need to belong is being met. Are y'all with me this morning? Uh, is, is God telling certain persons and groups today, you can't come in. You can't come in to my church. Is God today excluding persons from his love, his grace, his redemption, his eternal life, his fellowship, his spirit, his communion, his blessings, his power, or his word? Is God excluding folks from his presence, his joy, his peace, his blood, his forgiveness? Well, John said, this same God took on human flesh and dwelt among us in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. John said he dwelt among us. He, he dwelt among us. He tabernacled among us. He, he hung out with us. He, he lived with us. And, and he, dwelt, he dwelt among us, the poor, us, the excluded, the outcast, the left out, the overlooked, us, the brokenhearted. The captives, the blind, the drunkards, the sinners, the despised, and low-down folk in society. Uh, he, he said he, he came and dwelt among us, the underdogs, the sick in need of a physician, those in need of a savior. He, he dwelt among us, not them. Not, not them, the rich, the powerful, the abusive, the oppressive, the preachers, the bishops, the Pharisees, or the Sadducees, or the scribes. He didn't hang around old wineskins. He dwelt among new wineskins. He didn't dwell with people who had so much knowledge of the scriptures that they couldn't re-examine what they were taught to ensure that their teaching aligned with the heart of God. Jesus didn't dwell with the haves No, he dwelt among the have-nots He said he had not He said foxes had holes Fowls of the air had nests But he had nowhere to lay his head He dwelt with us, not them Jesus didn't dwell among the proud The greedy, the condescending He dwelt among us, not them those who didn't think they needed a savior those who didn't see him as the promised messiah they'd read about in scripture those who treated him with scorn and set him up to die he dwelt among us and i'm telling y'all jesus this this jesus god in the flesh was god's gift to the world did y'all hear what i said i said he's god's gift to the world everybody for god so loved the world not everybody except the Ammonites and Moabites. God so loved the world. Not everybody except eunuchs and Edomites and Egyptians. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, the eunuchs, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Edomites, the Egyptians, the prostitutes, the pimps, the drug addicts, the alcoholics, whosoever has a past of sin and darkness, whosoever struggled with sin in the present, whosoever is struggling with their identity whosoever is struggling to belong whosoever doesn't fit in whosoever is bullied whosoever is abused and sick of it whosoever would rather be dead whosoever wants to be right with God whosoever tries to do good but evil keeps happening whosoever wants his gift of salvation and believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life John said it again 
He said it again in John 6 and 40. In John 6 and 40, Jesus said, For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Many people misunderstand what the Bible means when it speaks of believing in the Lord Jesus for everlasting life. For some people, such believing works like this. Some people misunderstand it. They think it works like this. Uh, you have someone who claims they're a personal fitness trainer. They don't look like nobody's fitness trainer. From head to toe, they look like they work at Krispy Kreme or Wendy's or Cinnabon. They think they're a personal trainer because they go to the gym and they know the lingo of personal fitness. But they've never been certified. They've never been hired as a personal trainer. They don't eat or work out like a personal fitness trainer. Their life nor their look matches their lips. We have people like that in the church. Their lives nor their looks match their lips. Saving faith shows up in our works. It makes us live like we believe in Jesus. It makes us look like, react like, respond to all the ups and downs of life like we belong to Jesus. The type of belief Jesus is looking for is the type that makes you live holy. Anyone can have this type of faith. For whosoever believes in Jesus shall not perish but have everlasting life. That goes for everybody. And there's this word for everybody who does not believe. In John 3 and 36, and anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. Don't let unbelief and disobedience lock you out. Can I get a witness here? So many believed in Jesus during his earthly ministry because Jesus went and got them. He recruited unbelievers to become believers. He recruited sinners, recruited sinners to become saints. He included the excluded, the sinners, tax collectors, the low down, the despised folk. He expects those of us who follow him in his church to do the same thing. Jesus commanded us to go and make disciples, watch this, of all nations. The master was very inclusive in his command to his disciples in Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Take the gospel to all nations. Take the good news of God's Son and his kingdom to all nations. Jesus said all nations, all of them, Ammon, Moab, Edom, Egypt, all nations, Mexico, Honduras, El Salvador, all nations, South Africa, Nigeria, Russia, Iran, North Korea, all nations. Tell them God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Take the gospel to them and tell them of God's wonderful plan of redemption. Peter tried to tell them. Peter preached on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and took an, in, took an intermission in his long sermon. Uh, Peter, pre, Peter tried to preach a revival in one setting. Uh, here's what happened in Acts chapter 2 verse 37 when Peter took a break from such a long sermon. Uh, Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? 
Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. They were convicted by Peter's message of the gospel. I hope you heard what I said. I said they were convicted of Peter's preaching of the gospel. Conviction such as this is the Holy Ghost extending an invitation to salvation. Conviction of your sins is God's way of saying, Behold, I stand at the door of your, uh, of your heart and I'm knocking. Anyone who lets me in will have me as a resident in their heart. Conviction is a blessing because it is the Lord's way of inviting a sinner to eternal life. Saying to yourself, I got to get my life right. I got to get right with God. I got to come out these streets. I got to come out of sin. I got to get off these drugs. I got to come out of darkness. That's the Holy Ghost telling you, you can come in. Peter's audience asked what they were to do. Pete told them to repent. All of them, including the Egyptians who heard him that day. You'll find Egyptians there when you read Acts chapter 2, verse number 9. He told them, repent, turn from the direction you're heading. Repent, change your mind. Repent, abandon what displeases God. Repent, turn from a life of sin. Be baptized and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repent, y'all, commit to a life of holiness repent anyone who repents is welcome into the presence of God anyone who repents is welcome into the kingdom of God salvation is not exclusive it is inclusive and I love Paul's inclusive language he uses in Romans 10 13 for Romans 10 13 says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved whosoever Egyptians and Edomites can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved Ammonites and Moabites can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved it doesn't matter who your mama was if you call upon the name of the Lord you shall be saved it doesn't matter how you were born if you call upon the name of the Lord you shall be saved your past doesn't matter if you call upon the name of the Lord you shall be saved in Romans 10 13 in the first time we hear this in all-inclusive language Joel chapter 2 verse 32 says and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved Peter quoted Joel in his sermon on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 verse 21 and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved so tell everyone everyone with drugs in their past they can be saved tell everyone who was sexually promiscuous or sexually confused they can be saved tell everyone who has a past similar to your own they can be saved for whosoever that's the drug addict whosoever that's the drug dealer whosoever that's the child molester whosoever that's the pimp and the prostitute whosoever that's the murderer that's the racist that's the Landsman, that's the terrorist, that's the gangbanger, that's the carjacker, whosoever. If they call upon the name of the Lord, if they believe on the Lord Jesus, if they repent of their sins, they shall be saved. Saved from sin, saved from his power, saved from his penalty, saved from a burning hell, saved. Tell the eunuchs if they call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Oh, and there's an excellent story in the scriptures of a eunuch getting saved. Can I take you there? 
I want you to see this with your own eyes. Turn to Acts. Turn to Acts chapter 2, chapter, to Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 20, 26. I want you to see this. How beautifully this story is laid out. You got to see it for yourself. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. You see where a eunuch, a eunuch believes on the Lord Jesus and is baptized in his Savior. You got to see it for yourself. Come on, Acts chapter 8, verse 26. As for Philip, Philip has been preaching the gospel. He, and, and an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch, this black man of great authority under Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch, this black man, had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning seated in his carriage he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah the Holy Ghost said to Philip go over and walk along beside the carriage Philip ran over isn't that a beautiful picture this brother don't quite look like you doesn't have the same background as you his heritage is amongst those who may have been who may have been forbidden into the fellowship of God but the Holy Ghost is speaking to Philip Philip ran to the carriage wish I had some help here he wasn't reluctant he he didn't come up with a million excuses he ran to the carriage I'm in verse number 30 heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah Philip asked do you understand what you are reading the man replied how can I unless someone anyone who can help me I don't care what color they are I don't care what ethnicity they are I don't care what listen if they can help me understand the word of God if they can help me rightly divide what God has said so I can understand what God has said and hide his word in my heart that I might not sin against me how can I understand unless someone helps me and watch this y'all verse 31 and he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him let me pause here and say this uh, this is how you can make folks feel included it's one thing to tell them you're included it's one thing to post you're welcome it's one thing to preach you're welcome but when you sit with them <laughs> when you have a conversation with them when, when you listen to them, when, when you study with them, when, when you wrestle with the meaning of the word of God with them, when, when you wrestle with the meaning of life with them, when you laugh with them. Oh, it, it, it makes them feel welcome. Can you make them feel welcome? Sit with them. Have a conversation with them. Learn their story and share yours. Philip got up in the carriage and sat with him. He listened to him read the scriptures and helped him understand what he read in God's word. Don't tell me I can come in and then treat me as if I have no business being in the room. Then in verse 35, let me jump down to verse 35. So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? I, I didn't do a, a, a deep enough study, but I wonder how did he pose this question? Why, why can't I be baptized? Or did he ask, why can't I be baptized? Woo! Why, why can't 
can't I be baptized? Is it the color of my skin? Is it my background? Is it that? Is it? Is it the genitalia that I no longer have? Why can't I be baptized? Is it because I don't look like you? Is it because I don't walk like you? Is it because I don't have the heritage you have? Why can't I be baptized? Because I don't meet your criteria? Because I don't measure up to your standards? Or does God have a problem with who I am? Does God have a problem with where I've been? Does God have a problem with my ethnicity? Does God have a problem with the color of my skin? Why can't I be baptized? And I think that the church has caused some people to raise that same question. Why can't I be baptized? There's some water right there. Why can't I be baptized? Your pool is full. Why can't I be baptized? You baptize another folk on the third Sunday. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop him in verse 38. And they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. Y'all, I'm simply trying to tell y'all we've got some work to do. Our text in Deuteronomy can give the impression that God is exclusive. At surface value, we can easily walk away questioning if God would ever allow us into fellowship with himself and his people but I got some good news I got good news believe on the Lord Jesus and you can come in repent of your sins and you can come on in it doesn't matter who your mama was your past will not prevent your sins from being washed away come on in call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved come on in come out of darkness come out of sin come out of the world come on in to the kingdom of God Come on in by way of being born again. Come in to fellowship with Jesus. He said, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I'm knocking. If any man, any woman, any black man, any black woman, any white woman, any white man, lets me in, I will come in and I will sup with them. I will fellowship with them. I will commune with them. I will make them brand new. For if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. If any woman be in Christ, all things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Have you let me in today? Can I get in your business as I close this sermon? Have you let Christ in today? Don't shut him out. Don't shut out all that love. Don't shut out all that grace. Don't shut out all that mercy. Don't shut out all that favor. Don't shut out all that power. Don't shut out all of that compassion. Let him in. Tell God you can come in. Tell God you can come into my heart. You can come into my mind. You can come into my soul. You can come into my spirit. If you never let him in, today is a great day to let Jesus in. Just admit that you're a sinner and you acknowledge him as your savior. Believe that he died for you. Didn't he die? He died on a Friday night. He was buried in a borrowed grave. Stay there all day Saturday. Stay there all night Saturday. But early Sunday morning, he got up with all power. I wish I had some help in here. All power in his hands. Glory to God. 
confess Jesus as Lord and according to the scriptures according to the word of God according to the heart of God you shall be saved doesn't matter who has a problem with it you shall be saved doesn't matter who questions your transformation you shall be saved doesn't matter what you can't overcome just yet you shall be saved is there anybody here who's let him in is there anybody here who walks with Jesus talks with Jesus and every now and then he reminds you you're his very own can I get a witness is there anybody here who's let him in are you glad about it are you glad about it are you glad about it if you're glad about it one more verse that speaks of inclusion let everything let everything let everything that has breath praise the Lord let everything everybody everyone who still has breath after a year of coronavirus who still can inhale who can still exhale let everything hallelujah hallelujah if he saved your soul can you praise him if he washed your sins away can you praise him if he woke you up this morning can you praise him if he looked beyond your faults and met your needs can you praise him can you praise him can you tell him thank you thank you for letting me in thank you for including me in your plan of redemption thank you for dying for me thank you for changing me thank you for one day he's coming back he's coming back he's coming back hallelujah he's coming back for me he's coming back for you bless his holy name bless his holy name bless his holy name all at surface value it may appear that some folks are never welcome but when you continue to search the record you will see exceptions when you continue to search the record you will see what God himself takes on human flesh comes to us in the person of Jesus and the whole ministry of Jesus it can be summed up in, in understanding is God the Father saying let me set the record straight let, let me set the record straight as to who I am. That's why Jesus says, when you've seen him, you've seen the Father. Some people may have made you feel like you're excluded. Some people may have made you feel like you're not welcome in the Lord's church. Amongst God's holy people. The good news is, anyone who believes in him repents of their sins shall be saved we can't expect them to just come we gotta go get them Jesus didn't just sit somewhere and make a bunch of Facebook posts preach a sermon as if people were just gonna be magnetically drawn to him he went where they were it made it clear 
Prostitute, you can be a part of it too. Tax collector, you can be a part of it too. Alcoholic, you can be a part of it too. Blind, lame, deaf, you can be a part of it too. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.